This is the Squared Goal Podcast with Mark Morris and Jared Maruyama. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Squared Co. Podcast. I am your host, Mark Morris, and with me, Mr. Jared Mariama. Hey, Mark. Good to be here. There he is. We're a little bit loopy because uh, (laughs) this is one of the rare times where we actually recording, we're recording the intro immediately following the interview. Yes, yes. In this episode, we have Mr. Lou Lander. Are you going to do it? Jared, I'll give you the honors to say his actual name. His actual name is (laughs) David. (laughs) (laughs) David V. Um, So we kind of hinted at this in the episode, but we met David at DesignerCon this past year, so last November. Mm -hmm. Um, And we went out with him and the Clarks after one of the the DesignerCon days, kind of hung out and got to know each other a little bit better. So it was nice to catch up with him again and learn a little bit more about his creative journey. Um, David Vortreed. That's what I wrote down here phonetically. (laughs) David Vortreed. Yeah. Uh, So we did, we did meet him at a designer con and he actually had his friend that was supposed to come out there with him. And I don't remember the story, but he couldn't make it. Right. Do you remember this? Yeah. It was just David at his booth. So I did get over there once to sort of give him a potty break (laughs) and, and stand guard at his booth for a little while, but a a very nice guy. He's got a big um, Muppet uh, background as we talk about a little bit in here. We didn't get into too much detail, but um, we could probably have him on just to talk about that uh, Mm because it's a pretty interesting story. Um, But he was nice enough to come on and we talked about his artwork and uh, it was a fun, it was a fun conversation. Um, and mm-hmm. David is actually he's got a piece in our current gallery show right now that is still up on display at Doe and Arrow. And if you haven't already, you can check out all of the pieces from Cute Couples online. Um, whatever prints didn't sell out are still available for purchase as well. So be sure to check out all of those pieces from the Cute Couples show if you haven't already. Um, so. Everything uh, is uh, available online now. What's the website? <laughs> it What's is the- squaredco.org. And I redirected that to take you directly to the shop. Great. So that's exciting. We'll yes. And go ahead and um, check out our show notes. So that'll take us, take you straight to the Cute Couples um, store or where you can check out all those pieces. If you aren't already following us, we're at Squared Co. on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I haven't said this in a while, but if you aren't following us on all three of those platforms uh, and you are a fan of the show, I highly suggest you do because we don't have just blanket posts that are the same for all three of those. We do share different things for the different types of social media. Um, As great as Instagram is, we still can't share links except for link in bio and now you can add it to your stories um but facebook is better for links and twitter is better for links so uh anyways we do have different posts that we share through our different accounts so we do encourage you to go ahead and follow us on all three of the social media platforms right um but that is it for this intro um now here is our episode with lou lander david David. vortreed there he is Enjoy. 
Welcome to the Squared Co. Podcast. I'm not even going to try to say his last name, but he goes by Lou Lander. Welcome to the show, David. Um, please, for the record, say your first and last name. Mark, Jared, hello. This is David. <laughs> David, his first name, last name is Vortreed. 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 See, or, I was always, I, I wanted to get a little fancy on I was like, yes, Vortrieve so or something. <laughs> you can do that. I'll take I that. think I, in my head, when I see your name and say it, I add a few more syllables. That's easily to do, especially if you're trying to spell it. <laughs> write it down, yeah. like write it down on yeah. paper. So like, like so, growing up, my last name was extremely difficult, uh, embarrassing. Yeah. And, and, you know, you grow up <laughs> with that and you don't see the problem. Like, was that how it was for you? Like, did teachers every year have to kind of, did you have to coach them through it? Uh, yes. The <laughs> one thing that I had in my favor was... Um, I, the school that I, the school district that I attended as a child mm -hmm. was the same one that my parents, both my parents taught in that same district. So, oh. and my brother, who's uh, three years older than I, had already been through the ringer before me. So mm -hmm. by the time I got there, a lot of times they were well familiar with the name. No, oh, that's uh, good. So that, that helped. That helped. But right. once you sort of venture out from that bubble, I definitely experienced plenty of. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we just we just did it now, but like I know, like after a while, it's like it's not funny. It's not <laughs> funny to <laughs> to dance around the name and oh, right. what a crazy name and right. Yeah, we've heard. Like, I get every, it. Yeah, every version <laughs> we've heard of this joke. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got to go for the low hanging fruit here. Um, you go by the Lulander. Yeah. Where did this name come from? Okay. Well, as you as we've already established the. <laughs> Uh, Vortree.com, which I do own, actually, uh, is not as <laughs> Congratulations. catchy. Thank you. Uh, it was available. Can you imagine that? <laughs> um, that is not as catchy or uh, it doesn't roll off the tongue very well. So this, you know, I, I, I had a couple URLs to, to begin with. And then I don't know when I, I a few years back, I, I came up with this new one, the Lulander. And I, and it, it comes from a couple different sources. One, um, so I'm, coming from, uh, I live in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, from the Midwest. So, uh, Lou, that's part of, that's the Lou part of the Lou Lander. Mm. And, um, but I'm not in the city proper. I live in the sort of the outs, you know, this, the suburbs of the city. And I always sure. loved how, if you were from Chicago, uh. you say, Oh, I'm from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. Like, well, where are you from? Or where do you live? So I live in the suburbs of Chicago. But they got to call themselves Chicagoland. They're known as mm. Chicagoland, right? Mm. And so I thought, I wish we had that. So I just thought, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a Lou Lander. I'm in, I live in the <laughs> land of Lou, and so I am therefore the Lou Lander. And I thought, clever, it, it yeah, kind of rolled off the tongue. And um, so there we go. That's me. That's great. Yeah, it sounds like a brand. Good. <laughs> I thought you might have been like a huge Zoolander fan and just there, came up so, with something that rhymed with it. That was the uh, uh, that was the the your, one reservation I had with that one was a little too close <laughs> to that title. But I'm glad that there was somewhat of a story attached to that instead of just saying it's it was cool noises that made sense <laughs> or an available uh, URL. <laughs> right. Right. No. There but. but yeah, Before we get started with uh, the actual interview, I know Mr. Lulander has something set up for the tail end of this episode, mm. but at the beginning, 
we are going to do our our new tradition here for 2018, oh, which no. is some surprise questions. Um, Jared, why don't you go ahead and explain this to our guests? So they're not really surprise questions. They are, uh, at this point, they probably are. <laughs> but they are the same 20 questions mixed up every time. And oh. all we're going to ask you to do is pick uh, five of those questions without knowing them. So you're just going to give me uh, a number between 1 and 20, uh, and we're going to do this uh, five times. It's that simple. Okay. So go ahead and <laughs> give busy. us a number. Yeah. Uh, one at a time or all five at once? Uh, we'll or do one at a time. We'll do one Give me time. three. Number three. Number three. Your question is, do you have a pet? Currently, no. Do you want me to, do you want me to extrapolate or is that- If is you that want to. Did you have you a pet? Uh, They're all dead. Is a sad story? They're okay, dead. very good. <laughs> uh, we, we, are, we are, by definition, cat people. Oh, you we are? are. Just, we are in between cats. Mm. Although we did. So we had two cats for forever. I mean, they they were brothers. They lasted till 17, 18 years old. Oh, wow. Okay. They died a, two years ago, a year and a half ago. And uh, this past summer, we decided to foster kittens, mm-hmm. which I'd never heard of. I knew you could foster dogs, but we fostered kittens. And that was a lot of fun. It's just to sort of, it's, it's like being a grandparent. You know, you can have the joy of 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 the uh, the affection of the little creatures, and then at the end of the session, goodbye, they're done. You sort of wipe the slate clean and start with a new one. And, and do actually, you know how long you're going to have the kittens? Is it a set time, or is it until they find a, a home? It, no, no, it's 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 two weeks approximately, and the the main mm. goal is to get them to a certain weight so that they mm. can then get their operations, they can get fixed, spayed, and neutered, and then they're at that point more adoptable or fully adoptable. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. That's kind of so, a good test, though. That's 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 cute. Yeah, I have to fun. admit, I'm not really a cat person. Yeah. But the thing that is better about cats than dog, I'm definitely a dog person. Their lifespans seem to be way longer mm. than dogs. Well, um, that could be a double edged sword, though. Right. right. <laughs> you get one you like, and then it's 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 a good thing. But then you're like, oh come on, guy. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've cleaned up enough puke, enough pee. Yeah. No uh, let's do this. Let's move along. <laughs> okay. Kittens. All right. Next, give us, number here. Give us another number. number. Let's go with five. Number five. If you had to, okay, this is a goofy one. If you had to pick one album to listen to for the rest of your life, mm. what would it be? Album, CD, whatever Ooh. you kids are calling it these days. <laughs> um, uh, 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 one album to listen to the rest of my life. It would be... So, you know, it doesn't have to be the best album, right, but it could right, be right. the one that you listen to a lot. So if it's Britney Spears, uh, that's fine. You know? Right. Like, just don't be ashamed. Uh, right. Exactly. Um, you know, w- without thinking too much about it, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm going to have to go with something something uh, inspirational, for me at least, inspirational. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, man. I, so I'll go, I'll go with one of the John Williams scores, of course. Oh. From one of the various, you could pick. Well, yeah, you could probably pick pretty pick pretty much any of the uh, episodes from Star Wars. Okay, so a Star Wars soundtrack. Unless, oh, oh, can I pick like the best of John Williams album? <laughs> sure, Ooh. sure. Let's do that, that. That's I'll good. do that. Yeah. Then I get a little bit okay. of Raiders, a little bit of ET, a little bit of Jurassic yes. Park. That's good. A little that's Schindler's List in there for weight. Is that <laughs> sure <laughs> to make you feel cultured? Didn't, he did Harry Potter too. Did yeah, he? Oh, yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite of the Star Wars soundtracks? So though, is there one in particular? You know, this is funny that just just yesterday we were watching a video. So the quick answer is not really, but there mm-hmm. are definitely. Um, I was I was reminded recently of how. So 
without going into too much detail, because this could last another three hours if I go into my thoughts about uh, the prequels, but uh, w- one of the best things to come out of the prequels is mm-hmm. uh, John Williams' sc- scores, of mm-hmm. course. And specifically, you know, I watched a video just uh, the other day of someone put lyrics to The Duel of the Fates. Yeah, um, I saw that. Did you see that? I love that. <laughs> really funny. Um, but that's such, an, I mean, that's such a great, immediately... Mm-hmm. Uh, classic melody that that yeah. was uh, uh, for that one, and then uh, so I don't know. I you know Empire probably I'll pick Empire yeah. just because it's got yeah. Yoda's theme and and uh, the and the Imperial March and all that yeah. jazz. I know it's so funny to think that Imperial March wasn't in the first film or in Episode Four. Exactly. Um, exactly. Okay. Okay. New pick number. Another number. Yeah. Fourteen. Fourteen. What's your favorite uh, dessert, junk food, or comfort food? It's pretty broad. Uh, Do you have? I'll, I'll a go with go-to? dessert because uh, if, if I okay, so I'll start off by saying if there was a table in front <laughs> of me with chips or a, that, I define that as snack. Anything like that as a snack food, uh, something mm-hmm. salty or desserts, I'm going with desserts. Okay. And if there's a table of desserts, there's cookies, there's cake, there's pie. I'm going for cookies. Cookies. Oh, yes. Okay. So if the answer is, if, that, if that's broad enough, then my answer is cookies. Okay. That's your <laughs> speaking to Mark there. His favorite thing is cookies. Well, I, I know. Love with, cookies. Well, with the show coming up, <laughs> which right. I will not be in attendance. <laughs> oh, my God. Just shove a couple Jared. of those in some envelopes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, sure I'm it. interested to know. I mean, I might have to take you up on that and send you some. Um, I, there's so many people that I've, you know, I talk so highly about these cookies from Doe and Arrow and, you know, people from around the country are asking me if they, I can send them. I don't know if they'll last that many days or how you, you're supposed to package them to preserve the, them from not getting stale and all that. Mm. But, um, if you're open for it, I can do a test. I'll send, yeah, I'll send, (laughs) you can be the test subject. I would gladly um, be. So here's (laughs) the guinea pigs, a a bad cookie to me or or stale. Anyone, any definition of bad cookie for me is better than a great piece of cake. Maybe. Oh, Oh, okay. Okay, but before okay before we move past cookies, <laughs> mediocre cookie, I'll say that. Right, you, right. Are you what kind of? How do you like your cookies? Are you <laughs> do you like them crunchy? Do you like them soft? Do you like them crunchy around the edges but chewy in the middle? Uh, There's so many different ways you can answer this. Do you have a preferred cookie type? Uh, soft, chewy, uh, okay. by by far, or or half cooked, mm. half. Half alive, so yeah. you you will love dough and arrow then because they are definitely chewy. The um, the dough part of it, it stands mm-hmm. true. Oh, it's I love it. They actually I haven't tried it yet, but they have edible cookie dough for sale. Oh, this mm-hmm. is fun. Yeah, so so yeah, it's it's I haven't tried it yet, but I guess they eliminate the egg part right, right. of the recipe. So that it can last longer and it doesn't, you know, mess up your stomach. Exactly. Um, but uh, I have yet to try it, but I, I know it's there. I'll probably have some this weekend just because I'll be around it all day. But sorry, go ahead. Uh, oh, just recently uh, we've gotten into the, there's been a couple of like food trucks and shops that popped up around here with edible mm-hmm. edible cookie dough, which does seem like a, you know, it's like a, almost like an oxymoron. Like, well, all cookie dough is edible. <laughs> um, Safe. Safe. If you try yeah, hard enough. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, but you know, uh, and, and the stuff we had is actually pretty good and we've even made some like, uh, um, 
to, to eat it, and it's, and it's pretty good. But uh, there's something about well, it's the, the real stuff with the egg the in it. Maybe it's <laughs> and maybe it's that element of danger as you eat it. Like, am I going to get salmonella? Yeah, maybe exactly. it's worth it. <laughs> I, I am not huge on the cookie dough. I know it's such a big thing right now. Like, I, I'll eat it, and I like that it tastes like uh, I. It always think of it as a like a vanilla taste. Like you get that. Vanilla extract mm. tastes very strong, yeah. but it's that it's that grimy sugar part. Oh that yeah, I don't, oh I love that. I don't that. care for. I yeah, I know. It. I imagine you have to if you're if you're going there. But. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so okay. that was well, how many do I have you left? Got th- you got two more, two more. You've done three, one, five, one, and fourteen. Yep. Uh, twenty. Twenty. Okay, what job would you have if you weren't doing what you're currently doing? That's Archaeologist. Really? <laughs> I thought of this recently. Yes. Well, oh wait a minute. Wait, maybe I didn't wait for the question to be finished. If so, <laughs> is, is it I'm out of the creative industry altogether? Uh, yeah, we can do that because that okay. that makes it a little broader. Then, yeah, if that's the case, then it would be archaeology. Yes. Was that something you considered seriously, like as a no. as a kid? Okay. Only only while I was watching Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. <laughs> but you know what? I you know I I do like watching the some of the you know history show uh, channel shows and. Mm-hmm. You know, when they dig up ancient cities and Petra and, and Egypt and yeah, I think I could do that. Sit out in the yeah. in the sun and, and <laughs> use a broom and, and dig up old fossils and artifacts. I, can do I, that, think, I think, I mean, that was the, when I learned the word archaeologist was from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And for some reason, I was young and, and not smart. So I always, <laughs> for some reason, just associated that arc part with Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, like I thought, oh, it must have something to do with arcs every time then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like that one. Oh, archaeo- gotcha. Oh, the archaeologist, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not smart. Um, That's funny. Okay, let's see. One more. We got one more. Um, uh, one. Question one. Uh, tell me something in your Netflix queue. That's pretty easy. Mm. Uh, it, I just put it in there, but I haven't watched it yet, but is that Rotten? I think it's called Rotten. The food. Rotten. Food. Series, food documentary. Oh. oh, you know, I've seen it pop up on the thing, but do you know what, what's it about? Uh, it's about how basically how rotten our food industry is and like the, uh, pesticides kind of thing or just everything. Oh, it's, it's just a, it's just a corrupt industry. And mm. I, I watched the trailers. I haven't watched any episodes yet, but yeah, the trailer yeah. is one of those things like, Oh, I got to watch this, but Oh, I can't watch this yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can, if I wouldn't, I would need to, but I don't know if I want to, but it's in there. Yeah, I think uh, it makes you uh, paranoid about absolutely everything when you watch those. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I want to ask but... you guys about food. So, you know, there's all these documentaries that try and scare you from staying away from certain types of food. Does that stuff work on you? Like if you see a documentary that shines a light on how, hmm. I don't know, dirty and disgusting type of food is, mm. will that deter you from eating that food if you liked it previously? <laughs> Good question. Uh, I will answer for you and say, or for me, while you think about that, it has no effect on me <laughs> at all. I am like, when it comes to food and like, if I like it, you can, I'll eat it off the ground. I'm oh. just the dirt. I don't care about that stuff at all. Yeah. So cookie dough is really the least of your concerns. <laughs> oh yeah. Zero concern <laughs> about, about food that. food safety. I think it depends. I mean, my answer probably ultimately is no, it, it doesn't have a huge effect. It probably depends on the specific thing. Like, I think everybody at this point has watched some documentary on how uh, beef right. is made, mm. and that should be more than enough to say, ooh, 
on so many levels, I'm not eating beef anymore. But I certainly do, and it's not like I can I can <laughs> check and say like, oh, where did this come from, or you know, uh, <laughs> like yeah. I'm more suspect of those labels. Like, oh, this is organic, or this is right. Like that makes me think like, are, are you sure? What does that mean? And <laughs> yeah, so. It, yeah. it will slow me down. Mm-hmm. It will definitely slow me. It's speed bump on, you know, and, and, uh, at this point at least. And the one thing that does sort of like we, we our house, we're not vegetarians, but we don't, we hardly ever prepare meat at home. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll order it when I'm out, but, um, and, and, uh, and it's not necessarily part of it is it's just gross mm-hmm. dealing with raw meat. <laughs> yep. I had like, what do we do prepare? other than like microwave bacon is our chicken breasts, which are uh-huh. some of the easiest meat to prepare. But when I thaw that thing out and I got to cut it into pieces, I like mm-hmm. grit my teeth. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I leave it half frozen. So it's not like I'm cutting someone's uh, shoulder apart. And then uh, <laughs> as I'm like, I, 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 I describe it like I'm like a, a scene in Pee Wee's Big Adventure when he's running out of the pet store with the snakes in his hand. Yeah, and exactly. Save the snakes for last. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm like when I'm cutting raw chicken. Before <laughs> I'm a I would agree. I would agree. And then I feel like I'm uh, like basically poisoning everything in the kitchen. When oh my I'm god! Doing it. You know. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. I'm constantly washing my hands and and like trying not to touch anything. Here's else. a question it's I like, asked. So I deal you know, with frozen chicken breasts, right? You pull them out of the bag. <laughs> You put them on the plate. Some of those ice crystals from the yeah. chicken breasts, are those contaminated? I assume so. I, I, I you, guess you, so. I think yeah. people ignore those. People I, think, I, I think most ice. people do ignore them. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know the, the real answer to that question. I get I freaked out about raw meats. Though. Like when you go to those places, have you ever been to one of those places where people cook on the stove in front of you? Like you oh, do yeah, it. I do that all the time. Yeah, it's fun and everything. I am constantly freaking out watching people and what tongs they're using and oh don't put it back on that same plate <laughs> oh, like don't use those same tongs uh, yeah what about like, like korean barbecue that. well that's Were what i'm you, thinking yeah yeah but yeah so you're afraid of that stuff i go i love that kind of that food well you or kind fondue. of assume yeah <laughs> yeah no well thanks. you have to cook it in the oil <laughs> no i'm not doing that number one it i don't have the <laughs> i don't have the patience for fondue mm. the, like the korean barbecue they you usually get larger portions of meat that you can throw on all at once fondue it's like you got to put one little thing in at a time i just don't have the patience it's a that. social what if you thing. don't do it right yeah uh, exactly. i probably don't. What if you don't I cook know. it long enough is what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah all right so uh, p- people listening might think we're uh we're interviewing a food person today but but we're not uh, <laughs> if you're just joining actually, us yeah david mm-hmm. is a, an artist um uh and are you a 100 freelance artist correct you are at this, okay. this point, yes. Okay, um, so we'd like to start kind of more at the beginning, um, but would that start with puppets then? Before uh, we get well, to art, <laughs> what part of the beginning? Oh, well, no, I'll say okay. So when a daddy loves a mommy, <laughs> no, not that part, right? uh, so you know, I so I'll start in college. That's that. So okay, sure. When I was yeah. in school, um, I went to school for. Uh, design, graphic design. Okay. And I just went to a state school here in Missouri. Um, and, uh, a, f- a fairly small art program, but a good one. Like it was nice that the class sizes were small. So I always uh-huh. appreciated having more one-on-one contact with the, uh, with the professors. And, uh, I got to experience a lot of different, um, 
I took more than just design classes. I took painting classes. I took sculpture classes. I mm-hmm. took photography. I took uh, ceramics. I took fiber arts. I took um, fiber arts. Fiber arts. I took wow. uh, um, uh, oh, uh, printmaking. Mm-hmm. So I got to touch a little bit of everything, and I I loved something about all of them. Yeah. So um, that comes into play later in where my art sort of ends up. Um, but yeah, I went to school, I was in high school, I was, you know, I was in some of the advanced art classes and one of the guys was like, well, you should do commercial art. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, what's that? And right. he's like, you get to make posters and billboards. I'm like, well, I want people to see my stuff. <laughs> I love the idea of it being on the side of a highway. So that led me into that discipline at school. Um, ended up with a, a BFA and, and visual communications was the name of it, but it's graphic design. Mm-hmm. Um, and while at school, uh, I've, uh, one of my a friends, a guy I buddied up to, mm-hmm. um, like my sophomore year, we both realized we had a shared love of Muppets and <laughs> Jim Henson right, <laughs> and making silly videos, uh, with a big old giant VHS camcorder. And, mm-hmm. um, so that sort of, uh, awoken a, a love uh, for the puppets that had always been there, I think, you know, listening to your, the Muppet show you guys did, you have mm-hmm. similar stories where, mm-hmm. you know, you grow up in a certain era and when the Muppet show's on or whether it's syndicated and then the holiday specials and, right. you know, it's just, you, it's, it's part of your DNA. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's your type, your cup of tea, which it certainly was for me. So then it was when I was, you know, fast forward again to in college and I, I met my buddy Dave. His name is Dave as well. We were like, well, you know, you know, you like puppets? You like Muppets? Yeah. And it was, it, it was sort of a, <laughs> a, an awakening. We were like, well, let's start. And he had a camera. And we're like, well, let's put socks in our hands and just act stupid <laughs> on camera. Did we just become best Did friends? <laughs> you have one of those moments. It, it was. It was. It was like that. Uh, but um, so you're you're at yeah. school. You're at college, and you're doing a design program, taking all these other classes. Correct. And then then you start doing this puppet thing uh, while you're you're still earning your degree in design. Is that correct? Whilst and at the same time. Mm-hmm. Which, okay. Which is a, that's a that's a callback to the Muppet movie joke. Uh, uh, yes so it it was sort of like our hobby on the side he was an English Mm -hmm. major I was the art major and um, uh, we heard about I'm trying to think what came first actually you know what I think we just started messing around he was doing short films for a class that he was taking so Mm -hmm. I would I act in his short films uh, just as not with a puppet but just as myself Mm -hmm. but um (laughs) So we got to playing around with the cameras a lot and setting up shots and got a feel for how that worked. And um, and then I think it was before we... So I think what came first is we were thumbing through the internship brochure mm-hmm. that was uh, that, that came out. And we saw, it's like, oh my God, this is for the Muppets in New York. There's an internship at the Muppets. So we applied <laughs> for it. I don't know what if we even sent anything or what. I can't remember. But we got invited to interview uh and of course, we're in Missouri, and it's it's in New York, so we had to get mm-hmm. to New York for the interview. So, what what year is this about? Like, what Muppet era are we talking here? Oh, um, prob- so the year was probably ninety six. Okay, okay. So it's a it's a pretty quiet era for the Muppets, yeah, as far yeah. as that goes. I'm trying to think. So probably Hanson before, died in was, ninety. Uh, I believe that was before Muppets in Space. Yes, right? before yes. Muppets in Space, but after, after Treasure Island. I 
Oh man. Right around that after time. Christmas after the Christmas one but yeah probably right around that time I think it was before Muppets Tonight I think mm-hmm. it happened before then um, so anyway, and I can't remember what, yeah. I can't remember because the company was owned by the the, the the kids and then they sold it to a uh, German company Saban yeah, yeah Saban yeah, yeah. had it for a minute and then <laughs> they sold it mm-hmm. back to the German anyhow but um, yeah we, t- we we got a, we hopped on a train on uh, a uh, and and took it to New York to interview for internship. Mm-hmm. Got to go to the the townhouse, the town, the, the brownstone in New York City. Uh, uh, was, did you did you know what to expect going into the sure? Interview? Oh yeah, or we. Did you, so did they give you like expectations, and you should be prepared for this sort oh, of a thing? None of that. I I, oh. I knew <laughs> I knew what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So my friend Dave and I were on the train, and we were like, okay, so I guess. I guess I'll, I guess I'll be Ernie and you'll be Bert. <laughs> like that makes sense, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, we just thought this was our golden ticket. We were in and the rest was going to write itself, <laughs> but it was one of those rude, rude awakenings when you get there and it was the, the internship was, obviously. do you know how to make coffee? Right. Is that was the first question. How do you feel about messy closets that need to be straightened? Up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyhow, that did not fall through for us. But as a result of that, I think what we uh, came away from it was like, well, you know, like, well, you know, but we just need to do our own thing, do our own thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, the next year at school, we we saw an ad in the local paper for, and, this, and so we we're a small town. This college was in a very small town, mm-hmm. um, and there was an ad for a cable access sh- uh, channel that had time slots that they wanted to fill, and. We're like, well, let's 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 do that, and let's do a puppet show for that—a sketch comedy slash puppet show kind of thing. <laughs> and we got it. You know, they let us they let us do it. So as long as you you know bring it in every week and whatever, we'll put it on the air. <clears throat> and it, my they, goodness, I mean, it was I mean, again, small town. Sure, <laughs> it was like basically it was just on the campus channels, like on the the cable system on campus is the only mm-hmm. place you could, you could see it live or when but it aired. you were on TV. We were with on puppets. TV <laughs> with puppets. What was the show called? We called it study break <laughs> with, with a K study break. Uh, we had a guy do a theme song. It was a great theme song. Uh, we had a cast of characters, live action characters because we, we did, I think, you know, we tried to describe it. And this is part of the era too. We'd say it's like kids in the hall meets, you know, the Muppet show. Uh, we, <laughs> there was a fair amount of just the two of us or right. we'd bring in some friends and then half of it was also the puppet sketches where we were just you know to whether we were lip syncing to old songs a la mm-hmm. jim henson and salmon friends days or or going out on location and doing sketches with the puppets there like out to the woods or at a park or whatnot so um uh, do it was uh, a great experience does video of this exist still Yes, it it's on VHS. Okay. You know, it it's not Ooh. digital yet. We need to. Oh, it's, it's been many years that we we need to transfer it over to digital so I can. Because it, uh, it, it's fun to watch, but um, it's out there somewhere. Also painful. Yeah. Well, you'll have to let <laughs> us know the minute that becomes available. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> so we met David uh, when we were at DesignerCon in November of last year, uh, and we made him tell us all the Muppet details then. So that's why we were kind of dancing around uh, <laughs> puppets right out of the gate. And there's yeah. so much stuff. We could probably do a whole episode just on your your few days there at the Henson uh, building, but um, we will move on. So uh, how long did the, the, the puppet show last? And were you making any money off of this, or was this just oh, no, 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 no. for yeah, fun? Yeah, this was... Just for fun, we did 13 episodes, 15-minute mm-hmm. episodes. Uh, so it was less, I think we did it for a year, maybe a year and a half we did mm-hmm. it. That's still um, quite a commitment. <laughs> it was a commitment. And and because of that, I by the time I was graduating, I was like, yes, I'm getting a degree in design, but what I, you know, but like, okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get this degree, I'll get this degree, but watch out, folks. I'm going to leave here and go, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, take over Sesame Street. and right. Uh, that's what I. That's what I really wanted to do, and um, at, and I'll say at the same time, in case we're going to go in this direction in, in a little bit, there was um, I took a couple illustration classes that um, uh, I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. and um, and that struck a note with me as well. I mean, I liked design. Uh, that's what I was studying, and I was I was having some success with it. But the illust- when the, uh, the illustration opened up a few more avenues too, and and um, I, I liked I, what I liked about illustration is because I was taking painting classes too, and mm-hmm. I loved that. But I was like, I think I've heard some of your other guests talk about this too. Like I'm taking painting, but I, I don't feel like a painter, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I don't. I see what they're producing and the way they're describing their art and the concept behind it, and I'm like, I just painted a piece of candy. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I did a portrait of a Swedish fish because I love Swedish fish. That's what I painted, and like. <laughs> Maybe I'm in the wrong spot, but then I get the illustration. Like, oh, this feels more in that sweet spot of of uh, of where I think I could find some success and and some enjoyment. Do you remember though what that what that difference was? I think this is a common thing for a lot of people because so many of us that do go through art programs, you are forced to take you know core classes where you do oil painting and go through all of the uh, the mediums and things like that. What was it about illustration that you responded to? Was it the, the subject matter or was it just the sort of the style of, of uh, drawing is a little bit different? I think for me, it was doing so much design work and, mm-hmm. uh, at that point, it really wasn't computer-based. It was still old-school right. um, yeah. stuff. And so what there was an element of hands-on with that then, less so now with the digital realm. But um, what I liked about the illustration was it got me closer to those more traditional mediums, the painting, mm. the printmaking. Um, and I could explore, you know, I could bring in, woodcuts like you would in printmaking and do an illustration of that it was almost felt more free and and uh i had the ability to to exercise to exercise that artistic muscle more than i did with design does that make sense Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. that does make sense like um because it was less uh i i always think of it this way but like uh, illustration seems less fussy (laughs) (laughs) I hated the fussiness of design. Like it wasn't, that part was not me. Like I could get a general aesthetic, but, um, right. You know, talking about kerning and stuff just drove me insane. And and I just, (laughs) I couldn't stick with it. But when you were doing design, like, what did you think, uh, like what aspect of design made you initially go into, into design? Um, back, that was back at the end of high school. 
and a guy who was a year older than me told me what he was doing. It was commercial mm. art. I was right. like, well, what's commercial art? And he said, poster design. I think we just actually done a project. He's like, what we just did? And I was like, oh, like, and I really liked it. I did like a stylized, it, it, was, it was like some drafts for I think our local zoo. And I did like a, hmm. it was more iconic. And um, so it was, it was, uh, I liked the stylistic approach of, mm. of, of, I, I think when it, when I look back to design still, what I really think I could still get a lot of passion from is like identity work, logo mm-hmm. work. Yeah. Cause that pretty much is illustration right. in certain right. ways, little miniature, uh, compositions, little, little pieces of artwork. Um, mm-hmm. at least the ones that I like the most and respond to the most, I, I view that way. So yeah, it was, it was, you know, sort of that, that stylized version of, of, uh, of uh, more than just you know a hand drawn uh, animal or giraffe right. in this case, it was right. stylized and it was so that was intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. And so the commercial then, part of it, I liked the fact that I could it would be seen by lots of people. Right, <laughs> I, I think some vanity came into play in that regard too. I was like, well, I like that idea. So then, when you finish college and, and you're going. Uh, towards uh, illustration at that point. What was your first job sort of out of college that had, uh, that was sort of your first creative job? Um, I, so it took me a couple months until mm-hmm. my, the first job I got was, um, it was, a, it was a, as a graphic designer, an in-house graphic design shop um, for a technology company. And originally it was just to be designing their marketing material. Mm-hmm. brochures, postcards, some identity work, that yeah. kind of stuff. And then about a year into, and so this was, this was, uh, uh, like late nineties. So okay. 90, 98, 99. So the dot com boom had, was just about to sort of get going, at least catch up to us there in the Midwest. And that, at that point they, the technology company was like, well, let's do, um, let's start designing websites. And like, okay, we have one designer on staff, which is me. Said, you're going to stop doing marketing material and then start designing websites. And like, oh, that sounds cool. How do I do that? And so I started doing it. And that's what, um, that was primarily what I did for the next many years was uh, web design. Mm -hmm. Um, Some identity work in there as well if needed. Um, So yeah, that was my first job. And I stayed there for a while. So that's such a key period for for web design. You must have seen quite a bit of change just in yeah. that, that short span of time. Like, what True. were you using when you first started out? Was it a pretty basic web page? Yes, yeah, it's yeah. generation one. I think they call it. You know, uh, <laughs> I think I think the first site I I designed an, an Illustrator. Oh, really? Uh, okay. I think because uh, I just didn't know. I wasn't comfortable with Photoshop yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew Photoshop just to like change a color photo to a black and white photo. And that was it. <laughs> was Dreamweaver available at that time? Or was that, um, I don't even. Right, right, right. No, I. Um, just before. I would imagine that's just before. Maybe probably. just before. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think Macromedia and Flash had jumped in just yet. Right. I remember right. doing a lot of animated GIFs. I did a lot of those. Yeah. Like before they were trendy, <laughs> when it was just all you could do. Yeah. yeah so it was Illustrator at first, just for one. Was and that. I got in Photoshop. Was that transition from, you know, a print media to digital and web design, was that a difficult transition for you or did it, were you able to make that pretty seamlessly? It was, it was fine. It, it, yeah. I think because I was so new, I hadn't mm-hmm. 
you know, all I, all I knew of print was just school projects. You know, I hadn't really mm-hmm. cut my teeth on, uh, in the print world. So it, it was, it was fine. It was like, Oh, I'll just, I'm just designing things. And now I'm designing <laughs> this thing that will exist on a, on a right. web, web browser. So, so, uh, it, it was pretty seamless. It, it was pretty effortless. I would way. imagine, especially at that time, because back then it seemed like, uh, everybody was just sort of, um, bringing the printed page to the screen, <laughs> you know, like yeah, it, yeah. everything looked kind of the same. Uh, it was, that was the challenge was to like, how can you make this look like this document, but make it look like, you know, on a web page and stuff like, <laughs> right. it didn't seem like such a distinction as it is now, I think with uh, web design being a whole uh, different world. So then how let's move towards, as you're getting towards illustration, how do you start making this transition to illustration? Are you doing freelance projects at night or on the side or, or is it a big switch over at some point? At some point I, I make a very conscious decision. Um, I, so I was in that design doing web design for many years. Mm-hmm. I forgot like, well, it was nine years okay. and I, and, and ready to have left that many years before that, but stuck around, you know, you're like, just get less comfortable here. Yep. I, I love the people I work with. Paycheck uh, benefits, it's paycheck, and <laughs> um, uh, and it's stable, and you know, at that point, you know, I, I was married and we had our kids, so it was like, well, this is a good place to be, mm-hmm. uh, but it just always felt like I was aching and missing, um, like I wanted more. The next step I took was I, I thought, well, I, I, w- I would always try and squeeze illustration in when possible, and mm-hmm. I could, I did one project that was a website for. Uh, if you could believe it or not, it was for the Pork Council of the United States. Uh, the other whitemeat.org was the website. And uh, based out of Des Moines, Des Moines, Iowa. Um, but they had a kids, they did a kids site. And mm-hmm. it was called porkforkids.com. <laughs> the number four, of course. Oh, this just sounds oh, like too ridiculous great. to be true. <laughs> Uh, porkforkids.com because it might still exist so you don't plug, associate pork. pork with kids so this is their effort this is, gateway. This is how you get yes. them in yeah <laughs> you got to start them early get on that white meat train this was a freelance uh, project that you were doing no, while you were or was no, this no, part no, of this the, is, the firm this is, this is an actual client job at work mm-hmm. but I got to be very illustrative with it like it was um, <laughs> uh, I created like four or five characters they were kids you know, there was diversity. They were just all, they were kind of these fun, kind of playful characters that just, mm-hmm. we followed them around on their adventures with pork. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's, that. you know, those, I had projects like that that hit every year or two that's just kind of kept me going. Yeah. Like, oh, well, that's good. Like, I got paid to do that. That's great. Um, but <clears throat> eventually I, I sort of had my fill with, excuse me, with, with uh, web design. Mm-hmm. So I jumped ship to a place, a small design shop that did primarily uh, print work. I was okay. like, well, I just need to get more, mm-hmm. more well-rounded. And I knew they had, they did a lot of illustrated work in their print work. Mm. Um, and that was a great place that I was at. And I did get to do some illustration work for them. But eventually they got into doing more and more websites, <laughs> more and more websites. So then I right. did, started doing, I was just sort of fell back into that groove of doing websites. Yeah. Yeah. And while at that job, <clears throat> I don't know how I tricked them into doing this, but I got, I don't know how I got the brochure, but it was for <clears throat> the illustration conference icon, mm-hmm. which that year was going to be in New York. And my friend Dave, the puppet Dave, 
yeah. from school. He had he left school and went to New York to go be a uh, editor. So he was there, and I was like, well, if I can convince my work to send me to this conference, um, <clears throat> I can stay with Dave, uh, stay with my friend, and then um, maybe I can get it in there for free. And so they paid for my airline ticket. My work nice. did. Yeah. And I stayed for free, and I just uh, – and I think, yeah, they, they gave me a budget and that co- covered the admission to the conference and my airline. So I think I paid, we paid for my wife to come. And then, so anyhow, we got it. I got out to that, that conference and it was one of those moments where <clears throat> I didn't talk to anyone. I was just uh, awestruck and just sort of walking around and seeing some people that I had been admiring uh-huh. for a while. Um, yeah. Uh, and listening to some conferences and speakers. And, but I, I remember thinking, literally in my brain like oh this is where i want to this is what i want to do this is what i want to be what and was it that you saw specific that that these people were doing it? like the type of work that they were doing specifically or yeah good question um you know i think it was just i think at that time i just felt like i was tired of the of uh i, I, I want to say parameters of design but you know mm-hmm. that's maybe putting too many limitations that's probably being kind of narrow-minded about it but i just had my i'd, I'd had it i'd I'd done it and I was ready to do just sort of turn the corner and experience something new and fresh. I think this was that new and fresh thing. Plus I was kind of, I had some success at it. Just, you know, I liked, you know, some of the stuff I'd done. It's like, I, I I think I could do this. And it felt, you know, and you know, they had speakers from Pixar there. They had Mm. uh, people who, you know, toy designers. uh, And I was like, Oh yeah. So it was all great. So from that point, I think I was really determined to try and, steer the ship that I was on yeah, and, and really change to a different, different path. And mm-hmm. I started looking at, uh, some freelance at that point. Didn't get a whole lot. Um, in the meantime, switched jobs again to a job where my t- actual title was illustrator. Oh, but that's it, good. Uh, cool. That was good. Right. A step yeah. in the right direction. <laughs> um, and that was for a company that was doing a lot of infographics and uh, and just luck of the draw as soon as i got there the company got bought out and then the clock was ticking at that point and lasted i think a couple years before they shut the doors at which point then i said you know what i'll just go freelance Mm. and so then the past four some odd years have been that freelance period uh for me so this is a I think that's a key uh, sort of moment for a lot of people right there. Um, was freelance something you thought of earlier on as a goal? Because it sounds similar to me. Like I was laid off from a job and I just sort mm-hmm. of, it sort of threw me into freelance because I thought, well, mm-hmm. while I'm not working, I should be doing freelance. But in the back of my head, I always thought, well, you better find a, you know, a, a paying position or something. Um, so, but for you, did you think like ultimately you would end up a freelancer or did that just come up because of the circumstances? You know what? It did come up because of circumstances. And actually at one of the prior jobs, there was a guy, he was one of the programmers there that I worked mm-hmm. with a lot. And he was like, Oh, I'm only here. I'm only here for a little bit. I'm like, I'm really, he came from freelance and he was, I think he just needed to <laughs> fill up his coffers again. And he was like, yeah, and then when I'm done, I'm going back to freelance. I'm like, why would you do that? Like, this is a steady paycheck. I just didn't get it. Yeah. Because uh, for me, freelance meant, you know, maybe every couple months you got a job and you got to buy some <laughs> fun toys with that money you made. Like, that's just yeah. money I didn't <laughs> right. expect. Extra. So this is great. And then at the at the place that eventually shut down, 
that was sort of the trend that some of the other designers uh, were, were like, well, I'm, some of them just jumped the ship before it hit the bottom. I waited it out and got my severance at the very end. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. And, uh, and a lot of furniture too. Don't tell me <laughs> but, uh, when, uh, so, so the, the seed had been planted by some of the other guys that left before me, mm-hmm. like, well, they seem to be doing it, so I'll do it. And that was it. Did you have any clients that you worked with, um, before you went full-time freelance that you're able to kind of, you know, work with while you still had a full-time job? I did, I did not have any clients like that. However, um, the, so I say the company shut down, they shut down our office. So the company still existed and they were giving me freelance work. So I oh, kept doing great. work for them and the company, the company that was bought out originally re, uh, came back to life in a different form and they were now hiring freelancers. So I, I had two immediate sources of, of uh, work that really, because mm-hmm. I remember, I remember thinking, I'm, you know, I'm going to get let, laid off and I'm just going to take a month off and just chill out. Mm-hmm. And then right away there were projects ready to go. So I didn't get that. So that's, that was just all that to say that I hit the ground running in yeah. the freelance world um, right. with that kind of stuff. So were there, um, was that stressful at all? I mean, you were lucky to get clients right away, uh, but was that still stressful? Because I know the transition from, you know, full-time benefits, paycheck, uh, Right. All dealing with like Cobra or whatever. <laughs> I remember <laughs> But I mean Cobra. like, <laughs> but it's did expensive. you, was it stressful at all to make that jump or, or maybe later on? It was not stressful at that time. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, I am a pretty naive person. Good. Uh, helps. Oh. It helps. I think it does. <laughs> yeah. Ignorant and naive. Ignorance is bliss. I think that is <laughs> uh, a true statement. But um, no, I'm, I remember, so again, my, 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 and I keep referencing this guy in New York, but he's sort of my creative partner too. We collaborate on a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. He had been doing freelancing for years and quite successfully in, in New York. And I remember, so I had confidence that I could at least do try it and because uh, he was doing so well. And he was a different area too, of course. But mm-hmm, I remember mm-hmm. after a couple months and then a year into it, we I kept checking in with him like, I feel like I'm getting away with something. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, this is not hard. Like I'm work is just happening and I'm like, I'm, I'm still making the same amount of money, you know, and mm-hmm. I get to wear, you know, pajamas and you yeah. know, I don't have to <laughs> leave the house at times, you know? So it was like, Oh my gosh, we tapped into a little secret that, um, <laughs> and then it wasn't until, you know, later where it's like, Oh, when, when, when some of those steady clients become less steady. Right. So I've, I've definitely experienced the stress. I think it was, Delayed, a delayed, yes. uh, delayed moment for me. So we're going to jump into your current work here, but before okay. we do that, uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because I think, uh, like we said, this is a key sort of transitional period for a lot of people, and I get this question a lot. What would you say to someone who wants to go freelance? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what would you recommend to them that they look for before they make that jump? Terrible question, I know, but <laughs> no, I and I've heard you ask this on other interviews. Full disclosure, mm-hmm. so I, I, I was thinking about, <laughs> but you asked in a slightly different way. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think what I would say to someone, my advice to someone who is looking to go freelance, mm-hmm. or maybe it's maybe more general advice, advice in general, but and, to, and hopefully this sort of answers your question. But sure, 
what kept me from even thinking that I could do this or at least move in a direction that I wanted to be in. So I, you know, for me specifically, it was as a designer and I wanted to be an illustrator and I would see things and artwork and people were like, oh, they're so good. Oh, like I want to do what they're doing. If only someone would hire me. Mm-hmm. If only someone would give me that project, then I'll show them. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so my advice, and it took me a long time to learn this, longer than I uh, hate to admit, but you can't wait for the project that you want. If or You just got to make it for yourself. So if you want to do character design, if you want to do, uh, you know, uh, children's literature, you know, illustrations for books or games or what, you know, anything, don't wait for it. Just create your own is my mm-hmm. advice. And, and that's that I, I did that for myself. Um, I just gave myself a project to do uh, and, and did it. And, um, and that's garnered uh, attention, um, con- which turned into contacts, which turned into opportunities. Was it difficult to stay in motivated um, to do these projects on the side, you know, these self-initiated projects, right. knowing that, you know, it's, there's potential that it's just for you. you it's difficult to, to follow through on these things. Right. Like, am I just shouting in the, in the, into the darkness at night <laughs> yeah. and no one's going to hear me? You know, it, it wasn't because for me, at least because it, it, I felt like <laughs> I was the one job that I, was really sick of it, was ready to leave. I, I kept making references to Shawshank Redemption. I felt like Andy <laughs> Dufresne, uh, who would, you know, and it, it took a long time, but digging that little tunnel, you know, <laughs> literally for him or, or, or metaphorically for me, pulling back that poster every night and chipping away at the wall, <laughs> uh, for those moments that you were striving towards that that light so to speak mm-hmm. you know or that your end goal was were were the times where i felt sort of free and 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 uh inspired uh so it wasn't hard because and i picked a project that i just wanted to see done right um and i was happy i was excited to see it come to life um so that was that that made it easy and and uh to do that for me yeah, I, I think making it a, a a manageable project as well is usually helpful. So maybe you don't illustrate a whole book. You just say, I'm going to illustrate a page or uh, yeah. you know something like yes. that. Um, because I know a lot of people get paralyzed when they're like, I'm going to do a graphic novel. You know, oh, and true. then and <laughs> that could just sidetrack you for the rest of your life. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm, I... I may have, I may have missed that advice myself for that first time. <laughs> I bit off a big chunk and I chewed it and I stressed out. I I I, I got it done, but I was uh, it, it was a big effort. Yeah. What was the first one that you're referring to? So I was, it was it, it was it was a, a set of Muppet uh, portraits that I did, and I did one for each letter of the alphabet. And, oh, you're kidding! Um, this this was your uh, first little like self motivated project my, that you did. Yes. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. But, okay. uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, I, I, it was leading up to the, the release of the Muppet movie and I was mm-hmm. like, I got to just celebrate this, you know, right, the, the right. Muppet movie being the Jason Siegel Muppet movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got to celebrate this somehow. This is, this is good timing. I should just do this. And I planned it plenty ahead and I just spent lunch hours drawing and late nights working on it just so that I could start releasing them 
a day, a one a day, leading, the month leading up to the release of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point, I was really nipping at my like. I think I I worked ahead enough, and then a couple times I was working on them the night before, and then finished them right in time to release them. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was it. So it was. I it was, yeah, I think this was the first time that I saw your work. Actually, was with this this series. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, so that brings us kind of up to where you are. Okay. Now, for the most part, but um, so for this project specifically, though, um, if I remember correctly, it seemed to get a lot of uh, publicity. Is that right? I mean, it got. I I, I was I, I was very thrilled to have it t- picked up by there was a oh, there was a, I miss this blog so much. It was drawn. Mm-hmm. Drawn.ca, do you remember that? Yep, I do. With yeah. an exclamation point, I believe. Yes, <laughs> and it had a really awesome logo too. I yeah. can't remember who did it because um, they rebranded it at one point. But I was a huge fan of theirs. That's where I would go and drool and and, and mumble <laughs> underneath my breath because I was like, oh, I wish I was doing what they're doing. They're doing such crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and so that that inspired me. That's It was because of that blog that inspired me to, to get off my butt and do something. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and, you know, I submitted, once I had them completed, I submitted it to them like, hey, do you guys want to put this on your, you know, because they were open to submissions, mm-hmm. they, you know, and they were, they were certainly nice enough to, to pick it up and, and, and post it. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that definitely was a uh, achievement that I was proud of. But Yeah, um, I think it, it made quite the rounds uh, around the internet at the time, because I do remember seeing quite a bit of it. I still see it pop up in, in sort of Muppet awesome. sites and stuff. Um so you have a very distinct style. Was this something, I mean, I noticed it first with the Muppet thing, uh, but then looking through your, your, you know, the rest of your work, um, I, I can see how you apply it in sort of a, in a broader, uh, in a broader way. How did you develop your style? Was this how you've been drawing for a long time or has this, is this something you've arrived at more recently? That's, uh, I think, so I, I often wonder, I, 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 I have, many conversations with myself. I think I, I work alone, <laughs> yes. but I, I, I'm often asking myself like, what is, do I have a style? Like, do yeah. like, right. Uh, and, uh, like, sh- like, should I have a style? You know, yeah. should I, do I, why don't I, or do, you know, or do I, you know? So <laughs> I think, you know, if, if, if you lay it all out maybe the, there, there are some similarities. There is a through line. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that through line is, um, it does always, I think it always goes back to sort of a flat, I always say graphic look, mm-hmm. uh, you know, simple shapes, um, um, geometric shapes, um, character based, you know, um, and I think, and, and, and animated, and I don't mean animated like, you know, like a right. cartoon, but just right. you know, has expression, at least, that's what I go for at least, mm-hmm. um, I try to achieve and I, I, I get excited when I do when I see it come out in, in the stuff I create, that's when I feel like I'm doing it right is when I can sort of create that animated feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and if we're talking specifically about the Muppet, that style, I mean, that was, that was all vector based, mm-hmm. um, in, in illustrator. And then I just took it into Photoshop and put some texture on it. Right. Um, and I've since ventured out into doing a lot more in Photoshop. Um, mm-hmm. but yet I find myself, just drawing squares and circles and trying to, you know, <laughs> I'm just draw hand drawing the shapes yeah. 
versus using the you know the Bezier tools. Tool. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of the same look. Uh, I could you know, but it uh, it feels more more uh, tangible to me because I'm you know I'm actually putting not pen to paper, but right stylus to cintique you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you're using your hand (laughs) i'm using my i'm using i'm moving my elbow yeah yeah my my shoulder Um, but i you know i definitely spent and still could be you know i'm i'm still quite comfortable uh pointing and clicking with the mouse too i can Mm -hmm. can do that and sometimes i forget that my stylus is sitting there and i'll realize i've especially i'm an illustrator where i'm just clicking away with the mouse yeah do you um do you go back and forth between the programs though? Pretty like, do you decide at the beginning if this is going to be an Illustrator thing, or or is it just how it kind of goes? I will, I will depending on the project, uh, and or, or whether it's for a client or for my own self, uh, I will sort of dictate or decide which would be the best application, whether it should be vector or rasterized. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so it depends on on what I'm wanting to see, you know created or what the client is looking for will dictate which one I use, but I do mm-hmm. go back and forth. And where are, where are most of your clients uh, coming from as far as, is there a specific industry that you seem to be uh, working a lot in or is it all over the place? Um, so since I've been freelancing a big chunk uh, of, of my work and time has been spent on uh, like a, a single client and, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, they were coming out, uh, they're based out of New York. Okay. So that connection came through my friend in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just knew people who were at this, at this uh, company. Um, this is your guardian angel in New York. He is. <laughs> he is. And, uh, and so we, and we collaborated on, I think, cause he's an editor. They'd come to him and say, Hey, can you do a cartoon for this mm-hmm. video? We got this musician who wants to, we want to, just to have animate him talking about his tweets because he's a crazy he tweets these crazy things. <laughs> he's like, sure, I can do that. He'll always say yes, and then yeah. figure out how to do figure it. it and out. Right. Yep. So he's like, well, I need you to draw some cartoon characters for this. And so that was our first project like that. And then that got attention um, from another client, and then we ended up doing a whole series of pretty much that same thing where you take a musical artist and they would talk about how they got their na- their stage name. Mm-hmm. Um, the series is called AKA also known as and they would you know be like LL Cool J like oh, I got my name from you know Ladies Love Cool Jane you know we all right. know a lot of these stories already but uh, then they, they've, have you done an episode on the Lulander yet? <laughs> I've not that may not get as many hits as uh, Wiz Khalifa <laughs> I'd watch it over Wiz Khalifa well, thank you I'll make it for you <laughs> so then um how do you like you say you have this client that's keeping you pretty busy which is great it's always great that i'm the same way and it kind of right. scares me because i'm always worried that <laughs> if this one thing goes away i've got to do a lot of legwork suddenly to you know get a yes. bunch of jobs how uh, how do you uh find work then is it primarily social media do you have representation or do you cold call what's your process i have done tried a little bit of everything with various amounts of success. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've, uh, I've done a lot of, I try to set aside cause I'm kind of in that phase now where I'm trying to find branch out and find some new clients and some, and some new work. And, um, 
I do try and set aside a certain amount of time each week for business development is what I refer to it as mm-hmm. when I'm mm-hmm. thinking, you know, making, working on that wish list of clients and fi- try and track down contacts. Um, and then we'll reach out to those people, uh, through a postcard, through email. Mm-hmm. And I've explored the, the, uh, artist rep Avenue a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't signed with anyone uh, to this point. Um, but I've had gotten some attention from one that seemed interested in some sort of back and forth with, with that, uh, avenue. And what about social media? What does that play into all of this or does it? I, you know, I, so I, I've, I have a presence on Instagram and that's pretty much it. I guess I am on dribble as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. uh, cause I, in fact, one client that I uh, aspire to work, work, do work for at some point, I felt, bold enough to just email them, email like I saw that they were following me on Instagram, which is great. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, maybe I should just ask this guy. <laughs> so I just sent him an email. <laughs> I was like, Hey, uh, you don't know me, but you know, how do you, how do you get you? I, I asked him like, cause I was considering an artist rep and wondered if that would help me or, or, or hurt me, you know, if it would be an obstacle for some people. Mm-hmm. And he was a, uh, lovely and honest in his response and said, I, I usually try to avoid working with um, folks uh, who have reps. I, I would prefer not to. He said, and to be honest, I find almost anyone I, I use that I discover is through Instagram or Dribble. Oh. I was like, well, then I need a Dribble account. So then I got a Dribble <laughs> account. And, um, how, how active are you on these social media platforms? Do you try and make it a point to post regularly and do you plan what you're going to post so you have kind of a steady stream of content? I I could do better. I should do better uh, as far as consistency. Uh, I do plan. Uh, mm-hmm. I just I just don't um, execute as, as often as I would like to. Um, <laughs> yeah. And part it's of it is... It's surprising how difficult just posting something God, can be. It's it's something so it's, simple, you know, in in theory, it takes five seconds, but but it's it, it, there's it, a lot of thinking and planning. Yeah, that yeah that's what I think. Yeah. And if you're not just snapping a picture of, you know, what you're wearing <laughs> that day or what you right. were about to eat that day, then it takes a little more prep time. Like if I'm. Yeah. I mean, like I'll it's, take, a, it's a weird yeah. thing because you do have to plan it, but you also don't want it to come off like you planned <laughs> this post. So it's like people. They get that you plan it, but you don't want it to come off like I spent all this time curating this one post that people will see for two seconds. I know. Well, it's I a know. weird balance. I, I am finding now, like it, we've had a few years with this whole posting thing kind of under our belts now. And you can kind of see how, I don't know, at first I was very precious about it. And I'd be like, oh, I posted this before. I can't post this again. But it hmm. is amazing how quickly you find out no one saw that first post. You know, like you you can post something 20 times and still get people that are like, this is cool. Where did this come from? Like, I've never seen this before. (laughs) Especially now with, and I don't know what the algorithms are. Right, uh, right. Exactly. I feel like, yeah, you need to sort of blanket uh, the the social media just to, you know, send it out. Cover your bases. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because I quite literally reposted the same thing within like a week of of itself. Right. Uh, (laughs) And got almost as many likes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, you know, I, I, I don't, I have really yet to get any uh, client work hmm. 
from Instagram, and I don't have, you know, I'm I'm trying to build the follow followers, and I and um, maybe I need some tips. I need to find, find out uh, some secrets to how to how to build it without without signing up for those all those yeah. spam right. people that offer <laughs> offer that. But um, yeah, I I. I I keep thinking there's God, there's something I'm missing with how to get uh, social media to be more more of a resource because um, mm-hmm. I know I know it can work quite well for for folks in that regard. Yeah, and maybe it is uh, consistency and just always being there and always putting stuff out. And what do you guys? It's you a, I think for Jared has a different. I mean, we we probably have different answers. For me, we don't have a huge following still, so but. <laughs> I don't probably have the best answer, but I think when I've gotten a bump in um, content or in, what do you call it? People like uh, an engagement. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. Okay. Engagement. Um, It's because so for squared co is a thing that relies a lot on other people. So if I post something that Jared did, people really like, we'll get a bump. It's, it's reposting people that, people's work that a large amount of people will um, respond to. Mm-hmm. So we've get, got a huge bump when we did the Muppets. Um, we did all the Muppets posts promoting our Muppets episode on here. Um, we posted a bunch of your work oh, yeah. during that time. Yeah. Um, so we got a huge bump there. We got a somewhat of a bump during the Star Wars stuff for the similar, similar reasons. Um, but I don't know... That only works for us because we're a brand and have a bunch of different people we can utilize for posts. Um, for an individual, Jared will probably have a better answer on that one. I, I mean, it's because of that algorithm, I think a lot of this goes up in the air now because it's it's you're you're dealing with something that you can't control or, or predict. Uh, the, for me, the, the thing that has worked the most, and I hate saying this because it sounds so you know, uh, calculated, but, uh, trying to do posts that are timely, uh, that have something to do with right now that whether it's one of those, it's national popcorn mm-hmm. day or, right. um, or anything, because it seems everybody is a brand now, whether you're in the industry or not, you are promoting yourself as a brand. So everyone's looking for content. So they're, they're desperate to get anything that has to do you know, just like us, they want something to post every day and often. So uh, I think it's easier to get your thing picked up by things uh, if you if you stay topical or like a current event or like, a, you know, like the mm-hmm. Han Solo thing. Um, those I know are sort of quick ways to get followers, because for me, I think it has to be that it's not just my thing. Someone has to kind of pick it up and, mm-hmm. and, right. and run with it. And then you kind of get the wider audience. Otherwise, you're kind of preaching to the choir every single time you post yes. something. Yes. Um, the other thing I think is um, uh, trying to um, interact with the comments. Uh, so if you start getting a lot of like just random comments, sometimes they can be annoying, but the more you like those comments and the more that you uh, answer and respond, it seems like you keep getting put back into the rotation for the day. Mm. Um, so I noticed that if I, you know, I'll let something go for a few hours, but then I jump in and I start answering like, yes, this is available. No, it's not. This is tomorrow. Uh, Suddenly it bumps again. You get this like refreshed uh, round of hits. Okay. Um, Pro tips. But again, right I, I don't know how much one. you can <laughs> count on that, you know, and, and it could be I different heard that, though. That's interesting. all of us. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that's why it's kind of nice sometimes if you just, and again, this sounds crappy. 
But if you say something like it's National Popcorn Day, like what's your favorite popcorn, Disneyland or the movie theater? And then people are so eager to want to jump on there. Just they might not say anything about your artwork, but they're going to want to answer that question. Yeah. And then it, yeah. and it starts an engagement. And I think that that helps. Um, right. So that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. That's kind of the fun thing. Um, I know we're running out of time here and we've got David's thing to do at the end here. But uh-huh. before the last thing I want to ask you about is um, <clears throat> You do a lot of pop culture uh, related work uh, in your portfolio, in your Instagram. And, and uh, I wonder, what is your, how do you feel about uh, pop culture work as opposed to creating your own uh, characters or you know, intellectual property? Do you feel like uh, one should be more important than the other? You mean as like to represent one's portfolio or just? Well, whatever you want to, however you want to do it. Like we all know pop culture stuff gets the hits, right? That's going to be like an instant in. But then a lot of people say, well, I'm going to start moving away from pop culture because I, you know, I want to develop my own thing. Um, Where's your stance on that? I still feel pretty comfortable about um, uh, working with the pop culture references. I think, and part of it is just, um, uh, I'm still into seeing you know looking at others who are doing that and you know their work and their take on uh on you know ip or or characters or you know a movie that's about to come out or whatever i like getting you know you can almost get a sense of what's going on at the moment with you know when spider-man comes out and you see everyone's take with the orange or the yellow hoodie and the yellow jacket and the hoodie and you know i love all that stuff and um uh so i'm still I'm still down with it myself because I, I just like doing it. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, it's just. It's and, and, I mean, and and quite literally, if you look at, I really only reference like two. It's just Muppets and Star <laughs> Muppets and Star Wars because <laughs> that's all I think about. And uh, well, if and you're gonna so, pick two, yeah, those are good ones. They're good ones. They're good ones. And um, and I just, I just, I'm always thinking of, oh, I want to do that with Star Wars. I want to do that with. I want to. I want to do the ships. Right. I want to do the. I want to do the thing with John. You know, I, I, there's no shortage of ideas and desire for me, so I keep doing it. But I, you know, I think that's an interesting question. You know, I, I also see the value of, you know, if I if I have posted something that's not connected to a particular property, if it is, I guess, an original, original character design or something, um, there's people that something that people aren't familiar with. Um, it does get, you know. Not the same amount of attention, but it, it does get a decent amount of attention. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe it's not just limited to, oh, hey, I recognize that character, or hey, right. maybe it's just like right. that's, you know, and the way, I'd like to think that that's true as well. They, but, they like you for you. <laughs> <laughs> you're smart um, enough, you're strong enough, and God, gosh darn it, people like you. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, before we let um, Lou Lander here. Huh take over and finish off this episode with a fun game. I have to bring this up. Um, there's actually, there's two things. So one, I know that I like my fallback for anything creative. When I do my own personal work, it's something paper related. Yes. And I hate when people come up that just try to do paper stuff and crush it. Mm-hmm. So you've done a few pieces. Um, I'm looking at your site right now just to refresh my memory. Yeah. But that cantina band paper piece you did, it's so good. It's so much fun. And you actually, so for me, when I do stuff, it's very, paper stuff is very flat. Mm-hmm. You gave this one a lot of dimension by like curving their mm-hmm. heads. Mm-hmm. It's very layered. 
I guess good job, but stop. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll <laughs> All stop. in one. <laughs> uh, um, I'm just playing, so. but it's, yeah. it's great stuff. Um, just a quick question about this and we'll move on. Yeah. What made you want to try this type of medium? Cause it's, I mean, I have a lot of fun with it, but it's not really popular. <laughs> and I'm just curious to see how this came on your radar and became something that you wanted to try. Right. Uh, good question. Um, I, so I think where the desire to, to do that came from, uh, kind of goes back to what I was saying early, early on about when I was back at school and mm-hmm. I was taking design classes, but I was loving also working with fiber arts, uh, working with, uh, sculpture, uh, you know, t- more tangible mediums mm-hmm. and, um, so that's part of it is that, you know, pointing and clicking is, is, is great. Uh, but you know, there's something satisfying about, which is kind of silly, you know, like that piece in particular, the cantina one, it, it could, you know, you can, you could tell it was done in illustrator first. Like I designed everything in illustrator, you know, it's all right. simple shapes. Uh, mm-hmm. so I'm, it's like, why don't you take a tool that makes things really easy and then make it really hard, like do, like which seems like a, a, a torture I put upon myself. But <laughs> it's like slowing down and doing it uh, in slow motion, um, sort of like the, the way soccer is like hockey in slow motion. That's what I felt like doing cut paper. It's like doing vector artwork <laughs> in super slow motion, like walking through tall right. snow. And uh, but um, I think what it is that also draws me to doing stuff like that is um, taking um, my work, which or taking something that exists in a flat graphic manner, like a, like a digital piece of artwork or mm-hmm. an illustration. And um, like the things that I respond to personally and aesthetically are, there's like a, there's like a little sweet spot that's sort of slightly above uh, that's, it's taking something that's normally flat and, and adding life and dimension to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, also taking something that is, that is realistic and real, uh, that's, and, and boiling it down to mm-hmm. almost meet it somewhere in the middle and like stylizing something that is, is more realistic. Right. Uh, and, and, and finding that little, weird sort of gooey spot in the middle that just that's an area that I just love that I'm just drawn to and attracted to and sort of gets my juices flowing so that's why when I get an opportunity or I create the opportunity for myself to 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 get into that space whether Mm -hmm. it's taking something that could be should be done in illustrator and just bring it into three dimensions with cut not totally three-dimensional but just you know, right, even right. just using cut paper is, is, mm-hmm. is enough. But then I added a f- some spacers to make it and bent the paper or yeah. whatever. But, uh, or like if I've, you know, I've taken, I did see these carved uh, wooden dolls out of Star Wars characters. I do Star Wars characters and I, you know, Darth Vader is a very iconic look or Yoda. And I just sort of boiled them down to that's, you know, that sort of that, gooey steamy middle ground <laughs> that's, that's that's what i'm going for at least and that's right right so i think that's that's sort of the wheelhouse of of what sort of gets me excited as far as um 
well, stuff it's, I like. It's great making. stuff, and um, I'm definitely interested to see more of that if you ever have the the right project. Um, but before we let you play your game, <laughs> yes, I I want to say that. Um, so I don't think we've mentioned it in this, but David has a piece in our current show. This is the Cute Couples. Um, if you haven't checked it out already, it is available online. Um, let's see. David, you want to announce who your cute couple oh, was? Oh, my cute couple. I chose uh, the best buds, the roomies uh, that live on 123 Sesame Street. Uh, <laughs> Bert and Ernie. Bert and Ernie. It's yes, fantastic. Dudes. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, it is you can check it out um, online. We'll leave links to this. Um, but the whole show is now up for you to check out and purchase prints um, on our website. Oh, that's right. So yeah. be, sh- be sure to check this, um, check out the show when you get a chance. Um, but now we started off with a little game that Jared and I were in control of. Now <laughs> David has something he wants to share with us. I, you know what? I do. I do have, <laughs> Let's do it. I do have a little game activity slash game that's, right. uh, might actually feel a little familiar to what we played at the top of the top of the hour. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we'll, right. you know, bring it on. We'll go for it. We'll see. We'll see how it flows. And sure. if we need to cut it short, we'll. Well, that's fine. But um, uh, I thought so. As as a uh, listener myself mm-hmm. and a, a fan of, of a follower of Square Aww. Co, I know. Okay. I, I, at least now I know how I feel. <laughs> it would be fun to sort of peek under the hood of Mark and Jared a <laughs> oh, little geez. bit. Disappointment station. We're not going to dig that deep. Don't okay, worry. We're not okay, going to dig good. that deep. We're just going to get a little, scratch the surface and sure. see maybe what makes you tick or maybe your thinking uh, process behind some decisions here that you have to make. <laughs> okay. Right. So, so I call. Are you going to ask a, a blanket question for both of us to answer or are you going to single us out? You're, I'm going to single you out. Very good. Okay. You're going to get your own. <laughs> And um, this is I call exciting. This, oh, good, good. I've, I've, uh, <laughs> we'll see where how how it goes. I, I call this activity game pick two, pick two, pick Ready? two. Okay. <laughs> you familiar with uh, you guys out there in California? Do you have the the Panera Bread cafes? We do. We do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we got those here as well. <laughs> uh, and you know, you walk up to the menu, and you there's many options. One of which is the pick two menu, right? <laughs> right, right. You've got to right. pick. You've got to eliminate the other options and only go with the two that you want. This Good. is the right. premise of of what we're about to partake here. Okay, let's do it. Um, so I'm going to list four items. Okay, and then uh, when it's your turn, you, I'll list the four items, and then you will pick two of those items. And and there's some each one maybe has slightly different parameters. It's so how you make your decision and, and I'll explain it when it's, when it's that time. But let's say for example, this is, this is, a, this is a freebie one. This is an example. Uh, I'll say the following four items, Adobe illustrator, Adobe Photoshop, Adobe InDesign, and Adobe after effects. You need to delete off of your computer and never to open again, two of them. So you can only pick two to save. Oh, that's easy. Moving forward. Probably <laughs> easy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm guessing illustrator, Photoshop, Yes, sir. Okay. That's a sample. That's a freebie one. Okay. Good, 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 good. That's the premise. All right. Ready to dig in? Yes. All right. Who's up first? I'm going to go. Let Mark, let's have you go first. All right. Sound good? All right. Let's, let's do it. Okay. Mark, I got bad news. Your kitchen <laughs> just blew up. It's in flames. Oh, shit. You cannot eat at home 
for the next, it's going to take 60 days. Your kitchen, oh you can't, you have to eat restaurant food. You got to go out for all three meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the next 60 Ooh. days. That's two months. That's crazy. You have to pick two of these restaurants as the only two restaurants you can eat at. Wow. Okay. All right. Your, and I'm ready. So I'm going to give you the options and I want you to make your decision, but, but it would be great. Here's where the fun is. <laughs> Let's 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 hear you think talk through your thinking, sort of like <laughs> yeah, uh, right. a la you know uh, uh, who wants to be a millionaire with sort of thinking out, out loud. <laughs> your reasoning behind your decision. Okay, McDonald's, Taco Bell, Kentucky Fried Chicken, or KFC as the kids say, mm. and Jack in the Box. Only two of those can you keep right. as your go-to three meals a day. I love this. I he's I a, he's a gym guy, so, so this is going to be good to hear what gym guy uh, picks. <laughs> I'm keeping that completely out of my answer. Okay, good. I'm just going... So you have to go with McDonald's because they have the best breakfast out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. By far. Um, Happy and meal. And then that, that eliminates... And toys. There you go. And hmm. that eliminates Jack in the Box because they're too similar with what they offer for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, your burgers... And your sandwiches and your fries. So get rid of Jack in the Box. And then to add some variety so it's not just burgers and sandwiches and chicken nuggets all day, every day. I would go with Taco Bell because it's a little bit more of a variety mm-hmm. for you there. Mm-hmm. Taco- oh, so here's a trick question. Or oh. This wasn't in part of your question. <laughs> What about a Taco Bell that has like a Pizza Hut attached no. to it? Or no, KFC now you're being attached to it. Now you're if, wishing if, for more wishes. Is that cheating? If, if if that would have been an option, I would have said Taco Bell slash Pizza Hut. That's right. Know. Okay. Stick to the right. rules. Well, I'm, stick I'm to the rules. Stick to, sticking to my answer. Freestanding with, uh, Taco Bell. Okay. McDonald's and Taco Bell. Very good. Very good. All right. Jared, you ready? Yes. Okay. I'm going to list four names. Uh oh. Four names that you hopefully will recognize. All right. Uh, John, Paul, Ringo, George. Okay. Okay. Jared, you have to fire two of those guys from the band. Oh. From the Beatles. Yes. Which two? Oh, is this easy for you? I think so, right? Wouldn't okay. it be? Yeah. I mean, I would say it. you would you would have to fire George and Ringo because you couldn't fire wow. Paul and John, right? I mean, you know, collectively know. they are a thing, but uh, individually, you'd have to keep those guys. I think. I mean, in my opinion, and uh, and I'm not a crazy Beatles person by any stretch of the imagination. But everybody I, I knows, like, yeah. Everybody knows them. So from what I know, and if we're not counting Yoko Ono. No, that's not. That's important. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would keep those two guys. I think. I think John that's and Paul. What most people would say John and Paul would stay. Ringo and George would go. Okay, there yeah. you go. That's your answer. Um, <laughs> all right, Mark. Back to you. Oh, this is a good one, Mark. You ready for this? I'm ready. I'm gonna list four uh, four names. Mm-hmm. Leonardo. Oh, geez. Donatello. <laughs> Raphael, Michelangelo. Now, which of these two oh, are the these most? These guys right there. Yeah. No, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Which, which of these two are the most significant and have had the most impact on art history? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. We're not going to do that. Okay. Oh man, I here's a real loved question. It. He was sweating for just a <laughs> second. I loved it. I loved it. You can answer that one if you want, but here's here's the real the real one. All right. Four descriptive terms I'm about to tell you, and uh, they are. Teenage, mm-hmm. mutant, 
Hmm. Right. Ninja Correct. and turtle. Only they two are. of those uh, descriptive terms can be kept. <laughs> you have to get rid of two of them. What? So basically, of all those, you know, of those four, your your beloved turtles are mm-hmm. oh, have always been known as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But moving forward, they can only possess two of those qualities. Oh, what are the man. two most important important to you or to the world of turtle fans? Or oh my gosh, this is really hard. Not really. <laughs> yes, it is. Jared, do you I want mean, to answer in the meantime? You figure mutant well, okay. covers quite a bit. You'd have to keep mutant, I would think, right? Because otherwise they're just turtles. <laughs> I mean, they're just turtles with bandanas or something. I, I wouldn't so, mind seeing a teenage turtle cartoon. Right? I, yeah. was, so I, was, I was thinking about that. But so now, you know, if you're going with what they are known as now, um, you can just like, this is such a serious topic. for me. (laughs) You can, you can like, okay. So the turtles have, they go by teenage mutant Ninja turtles or just Ninja turtles. So I think I would just keep Ninja turtles and people will still know what they are. So they'd be, no, it it gets rid of their little like snarkiness as being teenagers. And they would be actual amphibians they'd be small turtles so it would be like what they are at the beginning before they get ew like totally <laughs> yeah oozed. they're all can they have that looking. much impact can they have that much impact on no, crime fighting with not just, at all they're no like but weird they, pets yeah there's weird pets <laughs> that just that just do that well, okay so splint splinter practiced martial arts before he got oozed and he still was he was a ninja rat I don't know. Well, I don't know if that logic is the best approach to this. But. <laughs> okay, so my answer is Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. There you go. Okay, <laughs> so you don't want elderly, normal karate turtles. <laughs> I like. Yeah, I only get to pick two words, Jared. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, I I like the teenage turtle idea. You watch a cartoon of just some turtle like God. Uh, <laughs> I, wanna, what I don't know. You're embarrassing you me. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> <laughs> just let me watch YouTube. <laughs> Uh, okay, Jared. Mm. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Oh, Jared, I got bad mm. news. Uh oh. As you've heard, yes. Month, these monthly subscriptions to all these streaming services is just adding up. Okay. You got to cancel some. We've got so pick two: <laughs> Netflix, HBO, Amazon Prime, or Hulu. Which two do you eliminate, and which two do you keep, and oh, why? Oh, so let's see. I got to keep Netflix. Because Why? Netflix, uh, that's everything. I think that covers <laughs> the most answer. for me. Huh. Uh, I think I watch Netflix the most. Um, I would drop Hulu because I don't even have Hulu now. Mm-hmm. So I would say, obviously, I can do it that one. So that leaves HBO and Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. I guess I'd have to keep HBO because I'd have to have Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And I'd like Amazon, but there's not too much yet that I'm dying for on amazon so i right. guess netflix right. hbo covers the bases but yeah that's yeah that would be it's it's between it's it's amazon and, and hbo i think are the those are the that's the tough race right there to get rid of wait to yeah get to get rid of, rid of. so yeah I mean, it would be a oh, toss between those two. but I, I i would keep hbo but i get rid of hulu and amazon basically okay. if i had to gotcha. pick two yeah yeah yep. you do you do yep. okay <laughs> should we keep going 
You want to do? Let's do one more for Mark. One more for Mark. Oh, that's not fair. Oh, okay. We can <laughs> each do one more. Let's do one more. So, yeah, there you go. Do one more. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Let's get your take on this. Okay, Mark. Uh, you're in an emergency. There's some stuff going down. You can only pick two of these uh, folks to help you. Two of these <laughs> Avengers. Oh. Okay. I don't know. I, I, already, I think I already know my answer. You know answer. your answer? Okay, let's go. Okay, go. go ahead. All right, we've got Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, or Ant-Man. He's an Avenger. <laughs> oh. no. Dang, you switched it up on me. I was expecting the big four. Okay, mm-hmm. so say it again. It's Hulk. Captain America. Ant-Man. Ant-Man. The, man, the men of both Ant and Iron. Uh, <laughs> Captain America and Hulk. Okay. So I, wa- I would have gone with Captain America and Thor because they are the dreamiest Avengers. Leave that on the list. Um, but they are not. So I would probably go with... Iron Man, because mm. he's got the most money and gadgets. Mm-hmm. And then Captain America, again, because he's dreamy. Kind of boring. Kind of boring. Kind of boring answer. Did you want to take a stab oh, at this, Jared? Not at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, 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 okay. So the last one for Jared. Let's see. Oh, I like this one. Okay. Uh, pick two of these, Jared, as okay. we know, the name of the game. You have to get rid of, you have to eliminate two. Gone from your consciousness, gone from lexicon, oh gone from pop culture. Okay. Oh, jeez. 80s music. Okay. 80s movies. Okay. 80s TV. Or 80s toys. Ooh. This is pretty good. Sophie's choice here. It this is. is pretty good. So, of course, I'm referring to the 19, the year of the 1980s. Not the right. 1880s. Okay, different. Not, t- different. not the 1880s. Because <laughs> 1880s TV was really good. Um, let me think here. Okay, so I got to keep music. So have to keep music. Because if I got rid of 80s music, I would have three songs on my iTunes. <laughs> um, and then eh, movies. Gosh. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have what, to edit what are you, some what are you of this thinking. thinking through? What movies? What movies are in the list that you're that you're debating there? Well, the like it, it covers quite a bit, right? You got Star it Wars does. in there. You got you got Muppets in there. Um, so you can think of like a Romancing general the 80s Stone. Movie. You got Romancing the Stone. <laughs> You've got <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. Jewel of the Nile. Of- <laughs> the sequel to Romancing the Stone. <laughs> um, yeah. So you you can think of it in jokey terms, and you think, oh, 80s movies are kind of crappy, but then you've got some pretty big. Uh, got a lot of John Hughes movies in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then TV. So, okay, I'll, I'll jettison TV right off the bat. That's not okay. easy, but that one can Sorry, go. saying elsewhere. So that leaves us with uh, movies, music, and oh, uh, toys, toys. 80s toys. toys. Oh, gosh, that's so hard. Because without 80s movies, you don't mm-hmm. have 80s toys. Yeah. Um, so, all right. <laughs> I'm going to have to say movies. Uh, I'll get rid of toys. I'll say I'll get rid of hurts. Okay. It breaks my heart. That's like. Yeah. Jared, will you turn around and tell that to your show? I can't make you. eye contact with them now. <laughs> what do we got back there? You got some 90s back there. There's a, yeah, it's a mix. The good stuff's in the other room. Um, yeah. So I, that's a, in the vault. again, that's a terrible question, especially for someone who, uh, uh, lived in the 80s if you didn't live in the 80s i could see that being a much easier question but uh, that well, was i, had a, I feel uh, like prime time i feel like the ready player one the 
the um the copy or the what he says is like i grew up whatever but i wish i lived in the 80s <laughs> that's for people who didn't live in the 80s uh, like the like the like the uh, duffer brothers yeah <laughs> yeah <just> exactly <laughs> so like for you mark would that i'd be interested to hear your answer to that because you did not live in the 80s really so well i had i, I had the same question for mark but it was all 90s oh. <laughs> 90s music 90s movies all right 90s well we're gonna have to stories. we're gonna have to okay so I really appreciate you coming <laughs> with this game because it's great and a lot of fun. Um, we're going to have to steal it and play this with our I think um, we will, future yeah. guests. Brought to you by Panera. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that okay with you, uh, David, if we steal your game? Oh, you want the, you want the copyright to the pl- pick two? We'll just, we'll just borrow we'll it. Call okay. We'll call uh, we'll it Lou Landers credit. pick two, yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's on loan. It's on Brought loan. to you by Lou Landers. <laughs> there you go. All yeah. right. So, all right. We, we've gone uh, long enough, I think, with this episode. Um, we had a lot of fun with David, Mr. Lou Lander. Thank you. Um, but before we let him go, I do want to say thank you so much for his time. Thank you for, for participating in our Cute Couples show. Yep. Um, and thank you for introducing this fun new game to us. Very cool. Well, I'm uh, honored to uh, have been asked to be in the show, number one, <laughs> and also to, to, to be on the podcast with you guys. It's, I was looking forward to it for many days, so I, I, had, a, I had a blast. It was fun. Um, and I'm um, happy. Yeah, I love uh, the fact that I'm in the show with you guys. That's an honor, too. So <laughs> thanks for having me. And um, yeah, it's great. Are you, doing, are you doing Designer Con this year? I have... Only started to think about that as of recently. I, I my plan is yes, uh, yeah, and we'll see how the year unfolds. But Absolutely. I know we got to start committing to that, <laughs> yeah, coming up soon, right? Right. But I'd like to. Good. Well, we I'd hope like to see to. you there if you do. All Definitely. Right. Um, yes. Well, thanks again. Um, but I think that's it for today. If you aren't already following uh, David, we will leave links to how you can get in contact with him and check out all of his work in our show notes. But that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you later. Just a second. It's for you. The question is, what is a menomena? The question is, who cares? <laughs>